Hi, I'm Stephen. Uh, welcome to the Space Bar, the e-commerce podcast for online retailers brought to you by Space48. Today, uh, we're joined by Eamon Galvin. Um, Eamon's worked uh, previously at eBay and um, for those Irish uh, listeners, uh, was previously the CEO of daft.ie and Eamon's kind of area of expertise, expertise now is in applying advanced analytics uh, to one of the biggest challenges of our time, reducing carbon emissions. Um, and after its full year, first full year of operation, No Carbon, his business, has paying customers and global traction. Uh, we're really looking forward to talking to Eamon today um, all about things carbon uh, and how no, no Carbon aims to revolutionize the world by reducing carbon emissions. Uh, what a challenge, Eamon. Um, really, you don't do things by halves. Uh, like this is the existential challenge of our times. Um, so, um, Great to have you on. Let's uh, jump straight in. How did you get involved in measuring carbon? Yeah, very, very simple, Stephen. Um, and by the great, to, great to continue. We feels like we've had started the discussion uh, uh, at the end of dinner a couple of years ago, but now it's moved on so so much since then. But two two key, key reasons. One, I went to one of the uh, Fridays for Climate protests with, with a young my younger daughter. She was twelve at the time, and that was inspirational because you had all the kids and the energy, but also if you like the challenge around, you know, well, what do we do if given given the expertise and the knowledge that we have? So that was kind of a really, real prime motivator. And the second was much more practical. It was like I have a cup of coffee every morning and I wanted to change to like a, a keepy cup and I kept putting it off and I kept thinking like, why am I putting it off? And the reason was I just didn't know, did it make any difference? And that started that whole process of understanding the carbon footprint of the things that we buy and the things that we consume and yeah. that has been a really interesting and exciting journey that we've now turned into a, uh, a business and how do you do it how do you actually measure carbon how, what's the what's the process involved in measuring carbon and the carbon footprint of, of products yeah so at, at a very simple level uh, there is a process called a life cycle analysis where you would take a product and you would understand every single input into that product over its full life cycle so you can imagine um, it's a bit like baking a cake. You take all the ingredients are important. So let's say we were taking a, a clothes item. So there's all the raw materials, uh, whatever type of material, and the carbon associated with the, the growth of that, if it's cultivated or the manufacture, if it's, a, if it's a polyester. It goes to a factory, so you have the transportation. In the factory, you're applying a process that requires electricity or energy. Uh, and labor to convert it. Um, you're producing a finished product. So effectively, that's then shipped. If it's manufactured in the Far East, it's you know typically shipped um, over. Uh, and then you hit a distribution point. So effectively, it then goes to a retail shop. At every point along that, you're, if you like, incurring carbon. You're adding carbon to the exactly. footprint of the product, not exactly. just from a manufacturing perspective. It's every single leg of the journey. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I guess that's why it's relevant for for, for businesses, uh, y y every business, if you like, is some part of that supply chain. They're either yeah. making it or they're selling it at the very end. Yeah. But what's becoming increasingly important is that businesses understand, uh, even if you're purchasing a product, that you need to understand you know, what is the footprint of that product you're purchasing and then what's the added carbon you're adding as you sell that product. And does that, all, uh, just, does that go all the way through to even disposal? Like, are we talking about like Correct. the life cycle even yeah, till the right till the very end? Absolutely, great yeah. point. 
a full life cycle analysis would, and it's, it's very important for certain types of products. Yeah. Um, so for example, uh, the disposal, the, the use of the product. I'll give you an example. For example, um, Unilever uh, are tracking their 60,000 plus products now. They've, they've been doing for a number of years the analysis on that. But for example, on their shampoos, they understand the footprint of the product that goes into making it, but they also include the energy required for the hot water to take the shower. Wow. That's considered the use of the product. Wow. And it's very material. Yes. Yeah. Probably half of their they emit about 100 million tons annually when they measure all of that, and half of that is driven by the consumers actually using their product. Wow. And then for some products, the disposal. So, for example, you know, a car or items that go to landfill, there's, yeah. an, there's a cost, of so a carbon cost, is, if you like, associated with that. Yeah. What's the unit of measure? Uh, kilograms of okay. carbon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and that can be kind of a portion to the life cycle of the product. So when you look at an individual product, you're talking about a certain kilogram of carbon and that's kind of like spaced out over the life cycle of that product, whatever the life cycle is. It might, in a, a bottle of shampoo might be, you know, a week or two weeks on your shelf or four weeks, however often you take a shower, I guess. Or it could be a car, which obviously is the entire life cycle of that car. It could be 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's in some ways, it's, it's a bit like the price of the product. You know, we, we're, we're familiar, every product has a price, but yeah. then every product will have a, if you like, carbon emissions associated with that manufacture and use of the product. To kind of set a context, uh, you, you know, a, an Apple iPhone typical model will have a carbon footprint of about 80 kilograms. Wow. Um, a car can have a footprint of 15 tons, so 15,000, just for the manufacture. Right. And then you have the use of the fuel over its lifetime, which can be up to 50 tons. So order of magnitude, you can see. Yeah. Uh, and, and like it's an easy way to think about it is, you know, your mobile phone, if you just look at the sides, yeah. I mean, they're much more, let's say, uh, complex materials go into the phone, but yeah. it's relatively small. In but it, it, that's including the power input that's required to charge it over the life cycle, assuming yes. it's, it, somebody would yes. have a phone for maybe three to four years or whatever, yeah. and then the disposal and stuff as well. Yeah. Correct, correct. But what's interesting about the phones, for example, is that probably 70 to 80% isn't the actual manufacture. Yeah. So the usage of it and the power to use it is 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 relatively, relatively speaking small. is relatively low. Yeah. A car is the opposite. Yeah. It has a very high footprint to build it. Yeah. But it has an even higher footprint to run it because you're continue. You, if you can imagine the fuel that you're putting into a car is significantly more than yeah. the energy into yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, mobile yeah. phone. So look, the key thing I guess is that every product has this yeah. unique kind of footprint. Yeah. And then you can start to compare different products. So for e-commerce retailers, you know, the question becomes. Well, what is the footprint of the product mix and the proposition that that they're selling? Yeah, so they could have like a, you know, product catalog of fifteen hundred products, and where are the where where is more carbon being emitted as part of the manufacturing sale process of certain parts of their catalog, and should they be thinking about that catalog, that part of the catalog, in a slightly different way to the maybe the way they are now? Yeah, uh, look, it's a, it's a, a, exactly that, and I think. The key thing is you gotta is, is thinking about like who are your customers. Yeah. And uh, yes, it's super. It's important to measure it, but it's also important to understand how important is it to your to your customers. Yeah. So that over time, if you have a portfolio of fifteen hundred products in your mix, if you're able to firstly identify the footprint of those, but then 
find other products that maybe solve the same problem for the customer, yeah. but actually have a lower uh, carbon, carbon footprint. footprint, then you have something that you potentially can you can potentially a U- USP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just zooming out a, a tiny bit and trying to keep to our, you know, um, reasonably well-formed script, because uh, I'm I, I, there are certain questions that I absolutely want to want to ask you because I know you've got such a broad knowledge of this kind of topic area. Um, what is the scale of the challenge that we're facing as a species here? Like, and I, I, I think as, as you know, certainly for me, I kind of dip in, dip in and dip out of this on a kind of regular basis where I become, you know, super engaged in the discussion because it's hitting the media at a particular point in time. And every second, because, the you know, somebody has re- produced another report about the challenge, and then it kind of slips away from your consciousness again and you get back to day-to-day life. What is the scale of the challenge right now? Uh, what are we facing into um, from your perspective? What, what can we do? So the, 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 the challenge, you know, to, it can't be understated. It's, it's, it's an, an enormous challenge. Uh, we know the emissions every year and they've been growing uh, a, a couple of percent per year. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last uh, number of years, uh, so currently the emissions are about 40 billion tons uh, per annum, um, and that continues to grow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, while we have aspirational targets that are good, like the Paris Climate Agreement to reduce emissions, the EU has been quite aggressive um, uh, in reducing emissions target to reduce emissions by over 50 percent by 2030. And yeah. you know the Irish government enforcement similar. of these things have been has been a challenge, though, hasn't it? In 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 essence, like you're, you're people are. T- are talking a good game around this, but are they acting? Well, you know, we, we, we both, I guess, come from a commercial background. So if you would look at that chart, the emissions continue to go up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we hear a lot of talk about targets, but actually the year on year emissions. So I think what will be interesting is when consumers start to understand how, uh, you know, it's a combination of, of regulation in terms of things like carbon taxes, which would be good. And the EU is putting in place a number of of, of, of regulations in that area. But I think the combination of that with consumers looking to change, the, you know, their behavior does make a difference. Yeah. And then frankly, which is interest for your, I guess, s- some of your listeners is, if you're a business, how do you actually take on some of that opportunity? Like how yeah. do you find propositions that are fundamentally better, lower yeah. carbon, and actually kind of, as consumers are becoming more aware of that, actually let's say displace higher carbon activities yeah. with lower carbon activities and as we said as we mentioned earlier potentially making that a usp of your business and, and a proposition and it's about education i guess with the with the consumer as well and actually exposing the information that you guys are trying to generate internally on based on sectors or product types um and putting that information in front of the customer so that they have a choice you know one one product against the other um which which sectors um, do you believe will be kind of impacted the most? Yeah, yeah. So great question in terms of the sector. So we talked about you know transportation, huge impact because of its current uh, footprint um, and the changes there to different modes of of transport. Um, so train being much more efficient, we're already starting to see that in Europe. Um, any of the modes like the the, the the bicycles, electric bicycles, mobiles, any kilometer you travel on those. Mm. Like incredibly lower footprint yeah the challenging one is the big uh, the big car you know using that to do all of our or the volume of of miles and kilometers we travel and that is is just fun it's, it's very inefficient so yeah big changes there 
big changes in in food um, when you look at the carbon intensity of uh, food beef. production. Yeah, yeah. Product beef, uh, very high footprint per kilo compared to plant-based, so mm -hmm. shift from animal-based to, to plant-based. Um, and then you're going to see it in the, in the, in the purchased goods. Yeah. Um, y you know, if you look at the typical things we buy, so fashion items, you know, really interesting opportunities there for more um, sustainably-based business models, yeah. not just products, business models, so yeah. reuse of products, extended yeah. life. You can start products. to see that a lot more now, can't you, right. with the with the kind of the kind of what they're calling the circular economy and the fact that the products are getting like there's a there's a pretty well known I know my son, we bought my son uh, an iPhone this year for for Christmas and it was from Swappy, which was like the refurbed iPhone, um whatever version it was, an, an eight or a nine or whatever number it was. I don't know, I've lost count now of the numbers that they produce every every year or two. But yeah, like that was an example of us being able to get a product. Obviously, somebody had finished with it on their side and had been able to recycle it and we were able to buy it yeah. and a perfectly good phone. It's a super, it's a great example um, because as, as we mentioned earlier, particularly for phones, the manufactured cost is the, is the, is the biggest driver yeah. of the footprint. So if you extend the lifetime of that, product then yeah. you're reducing the intensity of of, of 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 usage so much better than going out buying a new one um you know every year where you extend the lifetime of those mm. uh, but similar model the circular as you mentioned in in, in clothes uh, you've probably seen the, the growth of the likes of debop um yeah ebay yeah i've seen you know, you know searches on pre-loved fashion up yeah 1200 percent uh you're starting to see people starting to become more aware of as yeah. you described you know circular economy Taking, uh, buying good products up front, yeah, premium products even if you can afford it, yeah, and then extending the lifetime yeah. of those and using. I, I, I also just uh, I can't believe I just thought of this now as well. I, I just bought a um I'm big into golf and bought um Scotty Cameron, which is like a famous uh, putter brand, and I bought a second hand putter on eBay. First time, first time in ages I'd, I've used the eBay platform, so plug for eBay. Uh, that's two we've got in now and uh, yeah it's great like a perfectly good putter that had just been refurbed by the owner and then put back out and I bought it happily um, not having to pay full retail on it but it was perfectly good so yeah. again like it's 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 a, another example of the circular economy it, it, it is and, and, and what's interesting is where brands like if you take the likes of, of a Patagonia who will be probably one of the leaders you know look at the characteristics they've measured their their manufacturing so they're 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 doing that science-based measurement they are making every effort to reduce it but then if you look quite a high price point um but then they're looking to extend you know when you spend that amount of money on a product you're looking to wear it and, yeah. and the products can be worn for a long time and then they have um you know the take back so you're either extending the life with an additional another user or you're actually recycling it in a, in a useful way. In a really way. sustainable way, yeah. Again, you know, if you were to compare that to um, you know, a fast fashion where somebody is buying a relatively cheap jacket, using it for a relatively short period of time, then the associated footprint with yeah. those, that usage is significantly higher. And, so and then the disposal of it as well, which tends not to be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So you can see, you know, if you're sitting there as an e-commerce manager and you've optimized all of the things that, you know, you're probably working with, you know, your SEO and your um, UX and all those things, it's like, well, what can I add to my proposition? Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it's not just for the e-commerce manager, it's almost for the business because it's yeah. procurement as well. Um, you know, where you're sourcing the products from, are there opportunities to source 
products that have a lower footprint right through to the marketing proposition you know mm -hmm. how do you actually take that fundamental let's say you've found a better better products that have a lower footprint how do you build that into your into your proposition H how are you helping uh, businesses like uh, ecom businesses like uh, i'm i'm imagining like the only way behavior is going to change is when there's a comparison between two products and people make a conscious choice one way or the other. So I'm I'm in, I'm imagining a you know product details page on an ecom website, and just like you're seeing like the various um, way characteristics or attributes of a product, one another attribute is essentially the carbon footprint, the carbon cost of that product. Are, how far are we away from that? So look. I think we're 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 still a distance away from having that at a, at, at a let's say that super granular LCA level. Yeah. Where you literally every product LCA has for users for is for life cycle analysis. Okay. So where you've taken yeah. the product and you've you've you know you've tracked every single input. Mm. That's done for some products, but let's say there's that's a challenge to do it for all products. Where we've come in is we we look to try uh, we look to identify what we call a digital twin of the product. So give you an early estimate on the product. Gotcha. That can be useful for your decision making. Yeah. So let's say you're running your e-commerce site and you have a portfolio of 1500 products, then we could take that data and we could figure out, well, which of those products, what's the likely footprint of those? Yeah. And which of them are the biggest drivers? And yeah. then you start to iteratively dig into those. Uh, and what it does is it gives a business, you know, a very quick early estimate of here's the overall footprint, but more importantly, like what's driving it. Yeah, and that can start you on the road then to actually a measuring it, but also taking actions. Yeah, and the and the exposure of that data. Are you doing that for anybody? Are you impacting kind of like at retail or at like who who are the types of companies that you're talking to right now about what you do? Yeah, so we're working with um, we're, we're working with a, a global e-commerce player at the moment that that do um, do gift products. Okay. Um, and horticultural gift products. So what we've done with them is we um, we've identified the footprint of all of the products that they use. Yeah. Uh, so there's two outputs. When one is they now can quantify per business. Yeah. What's the carbon footprint? But much more importantly, we run this optimization tool so that when they're constructing the gift packages, gotcha. They can now they now know. Okay, here's the carbon footprint of the different options. How can you now optimize that gift package? Yeah. actually use components that actually have a lower footprint right okay so, so you're actually in the in the component business as opposed to, are, are we at the stage where we can actually show front end to the consumer what the footprint is Has anybody brave enough to have done that yet yeah. out at the front yeah, end obviously you mentioned unilever earlier on I, I, like i'm not aware of when i go into like you know super value i don't see on the on the the bottle i don't see like the carbon footprint maybe it's there but it's certainly not screaming at me so who's who's out there like really pushing the boundaries to say are th is there anybody taking that risk let's say um and exposing that level of detail to consumers right now yeah we're starting to see it happen and yeah. a couple of examples all birds very successful yep. um uh, uh, footwear fashion fashion business they're very explicit about uh if you go to their site they have the carbon footprint gotcha could be seven kilos per running shoe or yeah. six kilos per running shoe depending on the, the maker model so they have taken that as a point of differentiation um you will see for example oatly on the oat milk um which oh yeah again plant-based has a lower footprint than, than 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 the dairy alternative so they they publish so what you're starting to see is let's say if you've got a 
good product where people are actually starting to uh, uh, promote that um, you know, that, that footprint. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're increasingly going to see that. But I think the first step for a business is understand it mm -hmm. first, and then you can start to understand, y you know, is your data ready? Because you need to be have robust data if you're going to start to present it to, 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 to customers. Yeah, yeah. There'll be so imme immediately a question mark over everything unless you can absolutely stand over it. So yeah. you need to do your, your homework. So our first stage is like understand what's driving it and then you can start to step into the more detailed LCA analysis around, you know, here's the detailed footprint of that of that product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the scale of the challenge that's ahead of us, um, is like that one, th like well, what would be that one thing that you feel could tip the balance in our favor as a species? You know, like what could, what, what's that one thing if you could wave it with a magic wand and say, if I could just fix this one problem, we would be on the way to solving this problem. Like for me, it's like, you know, increased consciousness in the consumer uh, maybe it's more information, more knowledge, but w what do you feel like being the, the, the big driver that will be like, because every movement has a moment of, you know, a tipping point. You know, you hear about that tipping point. Feels like the tipping point was like 20 years ago with, with this problem, but like in terms of solving it, but what, what do you think is the thing that's going to push us to a point where this is now lo uh, like a, a non-negotiable in our day-to-day? -day? Yeah, I, I think... Yes, for each individual, if you can make that connection between, and it doesn't need to be for all products, but at least for two or three products in your daily life, just make that connection between the, the carbon impact of those products mm. versus uh, how you can change them. So the simple example would be to understand that you know a car is could be 15 tons to buy, it could be 50 tons over your lifetime. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a very big number. Your mobile phone is maybe less than 100 kg. So again, a big number because we buy lots of mobile phones. So really important to keep the, li the, the lifetime of that. And maybe something like, uh, you know, a clothes item um, uh, that, for example, a pair of jeans will be like 40 kilos. So mm -hmm. again, important that you extend the lifetime. So for each individual to just have a couple of anchor points mm. around things that they buy Day-to-day -day behaviors. Day-to-day -day behaviors is kind of what you're 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 driving at there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to change it up a little bit. Um, ChatGPT. It's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. It's this uh, AI-driven engine that can answer pretty much any question. Um, so we thought we'd kind of put Eamon to the test to see, um, you know, if he can kind of give us an answer to a couple of products that I kind of tried with ChatGPT just before we came on air. So um, I've got some answers here from um, from the platform. And the first question that I asked it was, what is the carbon footprint of Levi 501s? Now we've referred to jeans already. So Eamon, maybe you could give us a, an answer to that question and we'll see what, what ChatGPT has offered us up in, as an answer. Interesting, yeah. So yeah, so uh, uh, as it happens, uh, I'm reasonably familiar with the with the, 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 the clothes. So the big input will be the there'll be raw materials, but the manufacturing of them is yep. the single biggest uh, is the biggest driver. Okay. And then to a lesser extent, you have the transportation. But a big factor is the length of the you know the length the lifetime of of it. A specific example: 
genes are typically about 42 kilos. There's some finished research, 42 kilos per, per gene. It's, and typically, they can be used 400 times, okay. which should be. And in some cases, you can extend the lifetime even more than that. Um, remember, many items are used less than 10 times. So the big opportunity there for you is, you know, buy a good quality set yeah. of jeans and extend the lifetime. Spend a little bit longer in order to get a lifetime's uh, use out of them. Yeah, yeah. So ChatGPT has given us an informa uh, some information here around uh, the use of energy and the resources in the manufacturing process, as well as transportation. Uh, the use of cotton, uh, common material in clothing production, has a significant environmental impact. It's not given us the 42 kg number, so it doesn't have that uh, magic number. So well done, Eamon. Um, it also talks a little bit about kind of the potential for pesticide and fertilizer runoff in the manufacture of the cotton. So that's obviously quite low level information, but doesn't give us a number. Uh, the other question I asked it was uh, uh, the carbon footprint of a pair of Dr. Martens. Uh, the shoe sector. So what, what sort of impact does that typically have? We've talked about 42 kgs for jeans. How does that compare to a pair of shoes more generally? So the, I mentioned earlier actually Allbirds, so they're seven kgs for a, for a running shoe, but mm -hmm. that typically uh, they'll use natural materials. Um, I would think that the Doc Martin, again, it's leather based. So there will be footprint associated with the, with the, the leather. They, in some cases you would consider that to be if you like, um, an, a product, additional product use um, of it. The big thing with the Doc Martens is a very high price point. So yeah. I would think the footprint is going to be a lot higher than the Allbirds running shoe for sure. Yeah. So probably 20 plus kilos. But the interesting thing about a Doc Martens is, has anybody ever worn out a pair of Doc Martens? Good point. Um, very good point. So you buy one and they're a high price point, which yeah. is good because it means you buy one pair for they can be up to mm -hmm, yeah. 200 yep. yeah, euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're buying one pair. So instead of spending 200 euros on five kind of... Pairs of fast fashion fast shoes. Fast fashion that wear yeah. out, you've got one quality product that can last you a very long time. Yeah, it refers to... So ChatGPT gives us some information here. It refers specifically to the composition. So materials like leather, rubber, synthetic materials can have an environmental impact. Again, back to transportation. Um location and methods of production. So obviously, depending on how far away the product is produced from its end use. Again, this goes back to some of the discussions that we've had earlier on. Um, and again, like they refer specifically here to the logistics of getting the shoes to the consumer. And again, that's a another interesting kind of um, point that we should probably dig into around kind of e-commerce and the fact that, you know, where does your distribution kind of start and stop in terms of that that kind of process from manufacturing point through to end consumer and and what stages does the product go through obviously the closest the closer to the consumer the manufacturing uh takes place uh, that the man manufacturing takes place uh the less impact on on the environment yeah look it's a really good point uh i think again it's where you need to understand what you know what's the biggest driver of the footprint so um with the doc martin like the that rubber um, uh, you know the soles that would be uh, plastics driven component that. Yeah. Um, a big factor is if you're manufacturing in the Far East their electricity grid are, are, are significantly more inefficient than we have here mm -hmm. a lot of coal driven power plants mm -hmm. so manufacturing out there the transportation if you're doing it by sea will be relatively less um, but if you're located here like uh, you know more efficient grid 
Mm. Uh, for example, if you were manufacturing in France, for example, uh, incredibly efficient grid. Um, so, you know, that location for, for clothes and shoes is actually important. Yeah. Uh, because it drives the, the electric grid as we're starting to see more renewables mm -hmm. uh, here in yeah, Europe. Yeah. So that's a big advantage. And as you've pointed out, the uh, the transport emissions. But interesting opportunity for um, e-commerce retailers, like you've probably seen like returns being a big yeah. kind of driver of, of cost and inefficiency. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that awareness with customers that there's a cost, a carbon cost associated with those returns. Mm. Um, we're so starting to see like kind of the, the move away from free returns you know this idea that it was a kind of like a driver for conversion that if the cost of, of the return if you bring in a, an actual cost to return then people are a little bit more conscious in their in their consumption around like potentially you know purchasing two of the same product knowing that they're going to be sending one back now now retailers realize that that's a that's a consumer behavior and therefore they're bringing in um, an associated surcharge against that process to stop people from doing that. Also, there's a lot of really good uh, third-party technology out there to support folks in the purchase of clothes. To size guides have become way more sophisticated now, and that I assume is is kind of driving down the uh, cost and uh, to, to to businesses, but also the carbon cost associated with that returns process. Completely, like it's a great example where it's a win-win for both in that. The older model, I guess, would have been, you know, kind of unlimited returns and there's yep. no cost associated with it. The reality is that if it's not right for the consumer, you have a, a transportation cost to get it to them. But then if it's not the right product, then you've got to reverse. And often the reverse engine, the reverse transport cost is a lot higher. It's less efficient. Mm. Um, you may not be able to reprocess the item. Um, so it potentially gets thrown away, which is back into our kind of our landfill. So. Mm big win for e-commerce retailers around minimizing uh, the returns. Like we know it's a win for them, but actually it's a win for a consumer too. Like sitting at home and buying items that you know you're just checking them out and you're gonna send them back. Like that does have a carbon cost. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe make the effort to get the sizes right. And if you're gonna buy, then you know just be a bit more thoughtful about it. But mm -hmm. you know, chucking the stuff back through the returns logistics flow mm. has has an associated cost. It's about that magic wand thing, isn't it? What's the one thing like it's actually changing the consciousness of the consumer to know, you know, and identifying kind of those habits and making sure that we're changing those habits because it's in, in, at one level it's 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 down to us all as individuals, isn't it? No no, no government is going to solve this problem on their own. Yeah, look, that's the the debate around uh, you know, you've, you've, you've kind of two schools of thought. One is that it has to be government driven because you have to set the rules and regulations to make it happen. And the other is the consumer. I think the reality Carton is it's stick. both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's very hard for, it, you know, no government is going to be able to tell you, you you can't have a steak, for example. Or yeah. But the combination of consumers understanding why that's important. And the third element, I guess, uh, you know, for, for your audience is, is the competitive element mm. is if you look at uh, Allbirds, you know, being able to build a really successful business because they have a fundamentally good offer in mm -hmm. terms of the lower footprint, then, you know, when you look at businesses being able to do their homework and be able to prove that they have got a, an offer that's more yeah, sustainable. A, sustain a sustainable uh, proposition, yeah, for consumers, yeah. 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 And yeah. that's a super interesting concept like that, you know, you've really captured a sustainable proposition, which is, you know, it's much more than just understanding the carbon footprint of your delivery. It's understanding what's that full proposition that you've that you've got, and and, and how do you actually 
in a way you're solving a problem for a consumer which is I'm sitting at home and I'm, I'm you know looking to, to I, I want to buy in a kind of a sustainable thoughtful way how how does an e-commerce retailer help me do that in yeah. a way that I kind of can go you know what that was actually a good purchase decision yeah 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 helps you feel good about yourself as well you know you're making an impact even at a granular yeah. level yeah yeah um, what's next for no carbon? Where are you at now? What do you, what do you what what's next plans for kind of twenty twenty three? What are you hoping to achieve over the next twelve months? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really exciting phase. We've had our first full year of operation, and now we've got uh, a pipeline of existing businesses where we're measuring that that footprint, and an, a number of new businesses that we're looking to create that digital twin for them, right. actively estimate their um, estimate their footprint. But you know the objective is, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is you know, to be able to take the uh, the product list from a company mm -hmm. where w we would take that and we would be able to run our, our, our you know, the machine learning and, and, and match it against the database and actually provide them back the information to yeah. actually start making decisions. And then once you start doing that, then you go the next step, which is at what point are we ready to present that to customers then? Yeah. Because we now have a, you know, a different you, you have a, you have Yeah, and, you, and, you, and you're kind of clear and, and you know, confident in the numbers that are behind the, the, the footprint. Well, look, that's been fascinating discussion, uh, Eamon. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming in. Um, again, a big thank you to Eamon uh, from No Carbon. Uh, can't wait to see what happens next this year. I'm, I'm really interested to see where this, where this goes, the impact that it has on retailers, the impact that it has specifically on e-commerce in, in origination costs for products, in delivery, and how it impacts returns. Um, uh, for me, thank you to, for listening to the Spacebar podcast. Please remember to leave a review and share the podcast with your uh, network. Uh, for more information about us at Space48, please visit space48.com or find us on social media for the latest e-commerce content. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>